0: The text for the sermon this morning is John 10, verse 9. We'll read that verse again. John 10, verse 9, where the Lord Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Beloved people of the Lord, how many doors don't you pass through in a day? If you're not bedridden, you're going to open and close a lot of doors every day, right? Bedroom door, bathroom door, front door, car door, school door, workshop door, office door, and this morning, you pass through the church door. It be quite a job to count how many doors we pass through in a day. And many of those doors you would go through without thinking. Sometimes you also consciously step through a door. Like a hospital door. You wouldn't pass through or exit that door thoughtlessly, habitually, no. You experience going through and exiting a hospital door consciously, intensely. Not nice to be admitted to a hospital for surgery, for instance. And what a relief to be discharged through the hospital doors if the surgery is all over and you're doing a lot better again and you can walk out again. Well, the experience of passing through the door of our text is a most conscious and intense experience. It's not something you just can walk, you don't walk through this door without thinking. Because entering this door in our text, means entering the kingdom of heaven. It means stepping into peace with God. And that door is, as our text says, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And I preached to you the text for this morning with this theme, then Jesus is the door. We see two things. Enter for salvation, enter this door for salvation, and go out of this door for pasture. So first of all, enter that door for salvation. So the Lord Jesus says in our text, I am the door. And he says this in the context of talking about sheep, shepherds, sheepfold. And when you hear the Lord Jesus speaking of a sheepfold, you have to think of what those sheepfolds looked like in the Middle East, in the ancient Middle East, maybe today yet even. They were... Walls of flat stones piled on top of each other, just like you see walls or fences made out of flat stones in the country around Owen Sound here. And those walls were made, kind of built up, round or or square, with branches on top, maybe thorn bushes or so. And then a single opening, just large enough for the biggest sheep in the flock to pass through pass in or out and during the daytime the sheep followed the shepherd out into the hills looking for good pasture and water but in the evening when it got dark it was dangerous for the sheep to be out the shepherd couldn't see the sheep they could wander off without him noticing and the sheep couldn't see where they were going either among the deep gullies between those hills in Palestine They could easily fall off a cliff and into the depths and nighttime was also the time when the animals of prey were out looking for, for food. Lions, bears, wolves. They were always on the lookout for a kill. So the night was a dangerous time and place for a sheep to be out in the hills and that's why they had to enter the sheepfold before it became dark. And the shepherd would bring them to the sheepfold and they would enter through that one doorway into that, within that wall of stones. And then someone would lay down in the entranceway to protect the sheep from anything or anyone wanting to get to them in the sheepfold. So this was not the sheepfold in town. This was the one up in the hills. Then the the sheep were safe in that sheepfold, safe from ravines and wild animals it was a matter of life and death for those sheep they wouldn't survive the night outside the sheepfold so entering the sheepfold by the door was then a matter of life and death and the people that were sitting around Jesus when he was talking about this would have thought in those terms when they heard him I am the door of the sheep And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Outside, everything in this world has become dark because of the fall into sin. Darkness. Satan, the apostle Peter describes in his letter, Satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He lurks around trying to capture And consume the Lord's sheep with temptations, fears, and doubts. He wants to drag you off into the deepest darkness with himself. Into eternal death. And it's awful to be captured by him. And to be drawn by him into a life apart from God. Apart from God in whom alone there is is peace. And safety and comfort. In God's kingdom there is life. Because God is the source of life. Satan can't come into his kingdom to take anybody away. It's safe in his kingdom. However, between God and us there is this wall. The wall of our sin. And the wall of God's holiness. And his wrath against sin. Nobody can approach God and live. But Jesus, God's Son, came as man to bear the sin of the world. And he is the Savior and mediator of his people, his church. And he broke through that wall of holiness, God's holiness, and the curse uh, against our sins. He broke through that wall on the cross on Golgotha. He descended into hell, cried out to his Father in heaven, but there was no answer. For three awful hours, the Son of God was shut off from his Father, whom he loved with perfect love. And he endured an eternity of God-forsakenness in those three hours. And therefore, there is an opening for us to God through him. Through faith in him. That's what he's talking about. And in Hebrews 4 it says, therefore we can come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There is access to God and to his kingdom. And that access is Jesus Christ who says in our text, I am the door. He is the door to eternal safety and peace. If anyone enters by him, he will be saved and be safe. So you don't enter that door of our text thoughtlessly, automatically. We mentioned before going into a hospital door for surgery. You experience entering that hospital door consciously, intensely. You had all the pre-surgery appointments and everything else and it was building up to that. But you experience entering this door which is Jesus Christ much more consciously and intensely. For when you enter That door, which is Jesus, you understand that you're stepping out of the darkness, out of the danger of becoming a quarry of Satan. And then you understand that outside this door, I'm lost in my sins and guilt. Outside this door, I'd be subject to exclusion from the presence of God forever. I'll be subject to the terrors of hell forever. There's only one way to be saved from that and to be received by God and at peace with God and that's to enter by that one door which is Jesus Christ. I am the door, he says. And that door is big enough for the biggest sheep in the flock to enter through into that sheepfold. The shepherd makes sure that it was big enough for all his sheep. Jesus, the door, is big enough for every sheep, every sinner can escape the darkness and enter God's kingdom by him. You can escape the darkness and danger and futility there is in this life, this fallen life, by entering into the kingdom of God's peace through him, through Jesus Christ the Spirit calls you today to enter by him and have you entered, brothers and sisters, consciously have you gone in consciously through him to escape the coming wrath you can't do that automatically just saying well I go to church and I do all the right things, no consciously stepped through that door to escape the coming wrath. You know that, to escape the coming wrath could be the inducement to go to that door, that you escape the eternal darkness of hell. It's not a noble motivation, mind you. It's not the ultimate one. The ultimate motivation has to be love for the Lord Jesus. But it can begin with that fear that you don't want to end up in hell with the devil and therefore you flee to Jesus. Think of the jailer, Acts 16. He fell down trembling before Paul and Barnabas and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What, what must I do not to be lost? That's how it started with him. And they said to him, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Go through that door, which is the only door to salvation, safety, and peace. I am the door, Jesus says in the text, and that means enter through me. In other words, it's no good for the sheep just to come close and hang around at the entrance by the door, hang around outside, then you're still outside close to the door, even leaning against the wall. It's still outside in the dark. No, you need to consciously step through that door. Stepping through the door of the church is good, but you also need to step through the door here in the church, the door which is Jesus Christ, and step through that door in your heart. And you need to do that because there, there's just no other opening in that wall. In the wall of that sheepfold. And the sheep can't jump over the wall. There might be some who think, oh yeah, I can, I can get over the wall. They have the strength. We could say they, have, they think they have the piety in themselves to get over in, into that sheepfold. But they're not going to make it. They won't make it. The door is the only way in. And the mark of sheep of true Christians is that they seek their life outside of themselves in Jesus Christ. They enter by that door because they're his sheep. They will be saved, as Jesus says in the text. They will be saved in the future then. When they leave this life, and ultimately at the last judgment. That's what he has in mind here. The devil, you know, they'll be saved from condemnation before God's throne. The devil will try to accuse them yet on the last day. Yeah, but look what what they did. But they won't have to say anything because Jesus Christ will speak up for them. And the accuser won't have a thing to say anymore. Because it's all been dealt with in him. And then Jesus will say, come you, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We come to the second part of the sermon. Go out of that door and find pasture. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And then Jesus adds and will go out and come in and find pasture. Think again, congregation of sheep and sheepfold here. Every evening the sheep go back to the sheepfold, go in by the door. They spend the night there in in the sheepfold in safety. But the following morning, when it's light again, they go out because there's no food for them in that sheepfold they need to go out via that door in order to find pasture. Out among the hills is where the pasture is and they can find food. So the metaphor actually changes here. It's obvious that Jesus isn't saying that you enter God's kingdom by him and that you can also exit that kingdom again via him. No, The idea here is that through him you not only find safety from spiritual danger and destruction outside, but in him you can also find spiritual sustenance by going out through him. Jesus is the door through which we can go in and be saved from spiritual ruin, but he's also the door through which we can go out and find spiritual nourishment for our souls again and again and again. So, through him, we not only go into safety and peace with God, but through him, we also go out to pasture to be nourished in our faith, hope, and love. And pasture that is good for the sheep is God's word. The Bible and the preaching of the word that's what the sheep of the lord jesus feed on the gospel and the sacraments of baptism and the lord's supper through those means of grace the abundance of god's salvation is spiritually consumed by his sheep And that salvation of God is then in Jesus Christ. He is the door, the way to that salvation. Jesus Christ in his states, in his offices, and in his natures. First, in his states, the state of his humiliation, how he became man, how he suffered, how he gave his holy life for us. That is a pasture where we taste the abundance of his love. And then there is the state of his exaltation. His resurrection. His ascension. And in that pasture his sheep feed on the abundance of his riches. Life eternal. Righteousness and glory. And we mentioned his offices. As the highest prophet. You know prophet, priest and king. As the highest Prophet, he teaches us to know our sins and he explains his awesome salvation for us. And he teaches us to walk in his ways. And as our only high priest, he always prays for us for our protection, prays on the basis of his sacrifice so that we may be where he is in glory. And as our eternal king, he governs us and empowers us to bear our cross and keep up the good fight against the devil and our own sinful nature. So we'll be able to receive the crown of victory in the end which he obtained for us. And finally, so it's his states, his offices, and his natures that I want to mention here. His natures, that he is man, means that he became like us in every way. And that's why he could take our place on the cross. And that's why he can now also sympathize with our weakness for he was tempted in every way as we are, only without sin. And his divine nature, divine nature, so his, that's his human nature, his divine nature means that he can bear the full burden of our guilt before God and that he can do it at one time, take it away in one time. And that means he's more powerful than our fickle hearts. And do you, do you, do you realize that I was actually summarizing what we confess from the Bible in the Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Days 11 to 22. What is confessed there from the Bible is actually lush green pasture for us to spiritually graze in and to spiritually grow through and be nourished through. And there's more, there's lot more, lots more to feed on from the gospel. If you think about that, through Christ we come to know God the Father and the love with which he loved us from eternity already. What a pasture to graze in, to spiritually meditate on, God's electing grace. And we see the Father's almighty providence whereby he so governs and upholds everything that nothing happens without his will and his good purpose for us. Thick green grass to, to, to graze on the pasture. And through Christ we also come to know the Holy Spirit who sets God's seal on us and regenerates us so we can love and serve God. And we confess all that. That's all that is in the Bible. You find that in the Heidelberg Catechism too. All of that is lush green pasture. To graze in and be spiritually nourished and strengthened by. And Jesus Christ is the doorway to those lush green pastures. Through him, through the grace he worked out, we can come to God and know God more and more. We've sinned against all God's commandments. We've kept none of them. We're still inclined to all evil. So there's no merit at all from our side. Yet God, for Christ's sake, because of His satisfaction, righteousness and holiness, grants us complete salvation as if we had never sinned at all. And that's all for us. Everything in that lush green pasture for us. We can walk around and enjoy it all through Christ. Take it all in. Be strengthened by it. Of ourselves, we deserve to be turned out to dry, empty desert. But in Christ, through Christ, we receive abundant food and drink to be spiritually nourished to eternal life in the gospel. No wonder that David wrote in Psalm 63, you fill my soul with rich delight as with the joys of of lavish feasting, David was thinking of this there's spiritual spiritual abundance in the gospel congregation more than enough for a lifetime, for many lifetimes for eternity. the Lord's sheep have lots to feed on and to grow through in the word so so good then to open that Bible every day and be in church under the proclamation of the gospel. If at all, if at all possible, twice every Sunday to feed as sheep in the good pasture. So good, Father, to, so good to do that and so beneficial to witness a baptism In church, to see how he promised to wash away my sins and to cleanse me, my heart with his spirit. And so positive, too, to take part in the Lord's supper, be nourished at his table. The Lord Jesus promises to nourish us with his body and blood to eternal life. You go from strength to strength, then. And do you experience that? brothers and sisters that going out to pasture like sheep going out through that door of the sheepfold which is Christ and finding pasture to graze in and to grow through take the time to feed on the gospel or are you maybe a sheep which would rather be skinny and starving sheep which doesn't want to leave the sheepfold and go out in, in the hill and find pasture and graze. A sheep which isn't really hungry for spiritual food, not intent on going deeper into God's Word. Isn't a sheep that isn't that interested in the worship services and in the sacraments? A sheep that doesn't bother making time for Bible study. Then you're starving yourself spiritually. While there's such an abundance of spiritual nourishment in the gospel, in all the fields of doctrine which we confess a feast on the lees, you know that if there is that lack of desire for spiritual nourishment, that has a cause. That has a cause. If a child isn't hungry at supper, you, you ask them, are, are you sick or something? You feel sick? Or maybe, maybe you have to ask, what did you eat before you came here for supper? Maybe they ate a whole bag of chips before supper. If that's the case, it's no wonder he's not hungry, right? Right? It's the same with spiritual hunger for the word and the proclamation of the word. You know, an, inf- an infection, you can have an infection due to holding on to a sin in your life that you don't want to let go of. That can ruin your appetite for the word. You don't sit comfortable anymore under the proclamation And my advice is then let it go and keep eating. Keep eating. Keep coming. It's exactly when you don't have that much appetite that you need to open your Bible and you need to be in church. That's the only medicine against those infections. Or is the cause of your lack of spiritual appetite That you've eaten your fill of junk food. You've eaten too much junk food. That can happen too. You stuff your mind with other things like restricted movies or adult books or enjoying the sins depicted in them. Those things are going to affect your spiritual appetite too. And then you're not going to have that much of an appetite for the word. The gospel of Christ. And you don't feel like worship on Sunday. You'd rather stay home and lay on the couch and watch a show on TV. Or even if you're in church, you'd rather actually not be there and you can't keep your your mind on the opening of the word. And you spiritually starve yourself. And you know, that'd be terribly sad for you. Because you could have such a stronger and healthier and more robust spiritual life, which is actually the real life. Your life could be marked by so much more assurance and joy in Christ. But you stay so spiritually weak and skinny and unhealthy, and then others are not going to be jealous of you at all. It'll just turn them off. They're not going to be interested in being sheep of that sheepfold at all. And so sad. So repent if that typifies you. Repent. Go to God in Christ. Lord, I've let the bacteria, the virus of sin into my life. And I've eaten a lot of junk food that's no good for me and uses up space in. In my head. Be merciful to me. Forgive me. Help me. Lord. And then. And then. Go out. And find pasture. Listen to the gospel. Know. And get to know better and better. The church's confession of that word too. Church has gathered it over time. Over history. And put it together. In beautiful confessions in order so that you can understand, graze in the pastures of God's salvation. And then you'll go in and out freely. The Lord actually used an expression in our text which comes to the fore more often in the Bible. For instance, Psalm 121, we'll sing that at the end. Psalm 121 When you go out, when you come in, the Lord will fail you never, but keep you safe forever. That means be spiritually safe and secure and healthy, spiritually healthy with Him day and night, no matter what happens in your life. You'll always find pasture, and the Lord will give you His word and the sacraments and make you spiritually strong and healthy. Even if you're physically weak and declining, He'll call you, comfort you, encourage you, and if needed, also chastise and admonish you. Your whole life through, He'll never slumber nor sleep, but take care of you always. So Jesus says in the text, I am the door. The sheepfold is the kingdom of heaven. The pasture is the gospel, the word of God. If you're outside that sheepfold, you're going to miss everything God has given to his son. So go in through that door and then also go out and find pasture. Amen.